sports, but we came here to win the most legit podcast. That's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news. We underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process. Yes, you, because we got Chris and Andrew to bless you with the best features, best stories. We diving deep like a Lambo leak. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring. We all point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the talk path. In the cold, get a gold brand. Sit back and race the cat, because we start this show like right now. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Underdog and Chris Horwardell joined by Anshu Kana Anshu. Chris. How you doing? I'm alive, how are you? <laughs> I am also alive, thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, I, it's, it's been a weird week. Uh, it's, it, I mean, I guess it's been a weird 2020, but mm. have you ever been more excited to get out of a year? <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I have not. <laughs> this has been a lot. It's been, as you know, some ups, some downs from my perspective, but yeah. uh, a lot of downs, a lot of downs. So uh, let's just get let's just get out of this. I agree. Let's yeah. flip the calendar. Yeah, let's, let's try again in 2021, which uh, ironically is the plan for college football, aren't you, Kana? Uh, at oh, least some what a segue. Of, see what I did there? Some of the major conferences. The Big Ten and Pac-12 voted today to postpone the start of their seasons until the spring. Uh, they they joined the Sun Belt, who has also announced to postpone their season, but they're only postponing until September 8th. I expect an announcement on that coming pretty soon. UMass, the school, has canceled their fall uh, sports. The Mountain West Conference has canceled. Old Dominion has canceled. The Admitted, um, the MAC has canceled. And UConn has canceled. Now, the SEC and ACC, as of today, are reportedly aligned in their desire to play football as scheduled in the fall. Uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said, uh, we're going to wait and see on Monday, which does leave the door open a little bit. But the ACC, on the other hand, is steadfast in their desire to play this fall. How do you feel about this? Wild. And you didn't mention the Big 12 either, which I think is kind of the sleeping giant of the situation right now, um, at least as of this moment. But, I, I mean, I just don't know how you have some conferences play and others not. Like, right. I mean, it just comes off as a complete exhibition. I, I, you can, I guess you can do it. Um, I don't think it's overly surprising given the political leanings of the various states Mm -hmm. that populate those conferences. Um, But, you know, it's, it's crazy. And I mean, I think the craziest thing is that, you know, with the big 10 in particular, like you have these dissenting schools within the context of its own conference. And, you know, Nebraska coming out and loudly and vehemently like, basically denying the the fact that the Big Ten is saying that this is how it's going to be and that, you know, they're going to go look to play football this fall mm-hmm. um, as long as there's football being played. Now, I don't know. I just don't – I don't know how that's feasible, but they're going to try for it. And, um, you know, good luck to you, I would say, to Scott Frost and those guys. Well, Iowa, Michigan, both schools that say they want to play football too. So, you know, Ohio State. Ohio State. So, who knows what's going to happen there? You know, and and I was thinking about. It. I had an idea last night because it it did occur to me that some concessions are going to have to be made if we have a hodgepodge kind of schedule, because it's just simply not fair to allow some college athletes to play football and some to not. So. For those conferences that won't be playing football this year, you know, w- would they allow a one-time 
immediate transfer for these guys to go play at a school they want to play at. It seems like that would be the only fair way to handle it if the players wanted to do that. Now there's a ton of other logistical issues that go into that. But I do think that like a uh, a fantasy college football transfer draft is kind of fascinating. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, like Justin Fields goes to play at Oklahoma or something. And I mean... I yeah, you know, think about that. think yeah. about a guy like you know a guy like Trey Lance is out there who's not going to get to play football oh, yeah. in the fall. You'd think I'm sure he would uh, relish the opportunity to get to go play at a big school right away. And this sure. doesn't even speak of the guys who have already opted out. We've had some major names opt out. The list so far: Jalen Tywin, the defensive tackle from Pittsburgh; Josh Jackson, because there's always a Josh Jackson somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, but yeah. Yeah, quarterback (laughs) from Maryland. Uh, Rondell Moore, the uh, wide receiver at Purdue. Greg Rousseau, who, by the way, I think this is a great decision for Rousseau, who I predicted was going to get exposed this year. Defensive lineman at Miami. Kerry Moore. Oh, I don't, I don't get it. I don't think he's got the bend, but uh, what does Jeremiah know? Kerry Martin, <laughs> the safety at West Virginia. Micah Parsons, the linebacker at Penn State, and Rashad That's Bateman, the, the, li- the wide receiver at Minnesota. This is uh, these seven good football players. Jackson, the worst player on the list, but seven good football players who won't be playing college football already this season. Yeah, and I mean, to your original point, I think that it would be only fair to allow the players to transfer, um, but, you know, that would fly in the face of the reason for the conferences doing this. I mean, the point that um, the Big Ten commissioner came out and said was like, you know, look, we're trying to protect the players, and really what what that translated is, is we're trying to preserve any kind of culpability Mm -hmm. down the line if we get sued by one of these guys um, as a conference, and so... I mean, I or in a class, which would be much worse. I, I like, I just, I don't see them allowing that because it would, it would basically say like, hey, you know, we decided to do this to save our own asses, and like, you know, if the case is that you want to go do something, you know, go ahead and do it. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't see them allowing that. That would just be very anti. Again, it would just be fly in the face of again everything that the college football kind of is, which Certainly. is self-preservation. So, but I think it'd be cool. It'd be really cool and, and fun for the players. And you've seen a lot of guys this past week, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields have been at the forefront of this pushing for a college football player union. I, on that, on that line, like, I wonder if, like, do these players have a potential lawsuit for not being allowed to exhibit their abilities for employers? Mm. Yeah. I mean, they might try. I, I, Highly doubt that they would have any kind of case to be made there without, you know, obviously being a lawyer. I, I mean, I just can't imagine given like the other industry standards that are out there. So I think it'd be tough. It'd be a tough sell. Um, but, you know, like if some conferences do it and others don't, oh, yeah. then it creates, you know, it creates that that issue. And I think that, you know, we that's like the real point here. That's that's the lead of this news. And that's like no matter how this goes down, all the conference commissioners could not get on the same page or refuse to. And I think that that's, that is really damning for the sport and for the NCAA in general, which we all know is just a horrendously run organization with no central power. Um, And, you know, it's, it's just an awful situation for the players. They were left, you know, hanging, like we had the schedules released, you know, I think it was in late July we had the idea that there was only going to be conference play, but that seemed to be a concession that was going to lead to 
there being college football this season. And so, you know, and then to wait till three weeks before the first game to make that decision and with guys like James Franklin saying, like, we should wait and wait till, you know, we don't have to make the decision now. You at, at worst need to make the decision now. Like, it is already very <laughs> Seriously. Late. Like, what are you talking about? And I, you know, I just don't, I, I don't know. I like, I understand if you wanted to postpone it a little bit. I, I think that it's the right decision. Like we've talked about the whole time you've said it repeatedly, like mm-hmm. just logistically, it's a nightmare. I understand Nick Saban and others rationale that says like, look, we're, these guys are healthier on campus. Like we can protect them. They, we can't protect them outside of the campus. You know, they might be likelier to get it, but that's not the point, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the point is when 40 Clemson players get it, it's get COVID. It's, Clemson that's on the hook not if 40 players outside of Clemson get together and hang out it's not Clemson's fault if that happens and so you know you can't I really can't blame any of the schools or the conference for trying to release themselves of liability just sure it makes sense I'm what I can blame them for are this are not all getting on the same page across the country like what doctors are some universities or some conferences using that others aren't. I mean, I think the answer is that they aren't using, it's not a, it's not a scientific <laughs> thing, right? It's all about dollars. Yeah. And, um, you know, those big conferences, the SEC, the big 12, they're beholden to, you know, their states, their politics, I think in many cases, and the dollars that are tied to having a season. Here. Right. Well, and we talk about players having lawsuits a little bit earlier. The the real lawsuit that everybody wants to avoid for every possible reason is a wrongful death lawsuit. And you don't want one of these guys to contract this while playing in a game and unfortunately lose his life to it because the family will own the college at that point. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's like you'd have to sign all the waivers. And even then, I'm not sure how much that would hold up in a legal situation. I mean, it's just hard. It's there's no way really of there's no precedent. There's no legal precedent. And it's um and there's, you know, like I feel for some of the like the Big Ten commissioner is a brand new dude, right? Like he, he wasn't there before. And so I think that that this is like a really tough situation to try to navigate. I think that he did it right. But it, the the best way would have been to get everyone on the same page and they you know, they clearly failed to that end. I, do you think we're going to get any of these other conferences? Do you think the SEC is going to get out there and play? Yes. This news? Mm-hmm. I think the yeah. SEC is absolutely playing football in uh, in a couple weeks. Do you think they'll get the type of, I mean, they, I'm sure in the state they'll still get the eyeballs, but like it's not going to be, you know, a national championship. And ultimately an SEC title is an SEC title, but it's not what all those teams, especially like the LSUs and the Alabamas, are chasing every year. That's absolutely true, but you have to play for the best thing that's available in any given year. And the one thing I will say is while they may not have the opportunity to play for a technical national championship, if you know the Big Ten's not playing, the Pac-12 isn't playing, the MAC isn't playing, the Mountain West isn't playing, we saw what happened when you put on any kind of sport when people are looking for a sport to watch. And college football fans will flock to any kind of college football that's on TV. SEC will draw massive TV ratings. I was also going to suggest, like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely true. But the big winner in this, the NFL, as always, right? Like, (laughs) they're going to get to spread out their games if they want. They can take, they can own an entire weekend now, any given day. Now they can use 
you know, they can hide behind health reasons and say, oh, we need to spread out our games as much as possible. This gives us an extra day of testing or, you know, rest for the players. Mm -hmm. Another concession. It's, but they get all the eyeballs all the time, just the way that they would prefer it. And I think that like Adele in the end wins, you know, like, cause there is no way there that runaway train is not stopping barring just an absolute meltdown on, on, you know, some, some team just completely spreading. And even then, I, I don't know that they would stop the train. Uh, the NFL's no. just, yeah, it's, it's happening. No, look what happened with the Cardinals. I mean, they just, they're just not playing. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. They're just not yeah. playing and everybody else just goes on. And that's what's going to have to happen in the NFL. Only in the NFL, as I've said, you know, in the last couple of shows, I guess, there's not going to be an opportunity to make these games up. I, I would think that there's going to be rules in place that if you can't field a team, if you have more than X number of players on the, the COVID uh, exempt list, then it's just going to be a forfeit. And that's the way it mm-hmm. is. We'll see you next week if uh, you get your testing right. And I think we, we, yeah, we did talk about this last week, but like, I think that's a really smart way of putting it because. Like, now the onus is on the players, right? You don't want to be the dude that yeah. spreads it to the rest of your team that gets yourselves in trouble. And I think that that's, that's something that college football just simply could not control in terms of contact tracing mm. and that sort of thing. You know, like, if you have if one guy, it's like, what, how many players are on a college roster? A hundred plus, plus. I mean, who knows, like, whose roommate might get it or whose, mm. like, friend or buddy. I, I mean, there is just no way to try to trace it in college and baseball. You can kind of do it in football. You know, it just is what it is. Like basically if someone gets it, I think that, or like, a, I don't know if there's going to be like a minimum number of players where you just have to cancel or if it's just one, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly how they'll handle it. I'm guessing it'll be like baseball where they're just sort of flying by the seat of their pants, but um, whatever it is, they're going to play barring again, like just a complete meltdown. I do like the idea in a sort of like, masochistic way that there there is certainly some girl on a beach right now in florida or arizona (laughs) that will bring down a college football team (laughs) Uh, but it's true and you know it well and the bubble like you want to talk about like if you want someone to pop the bubble just have well that's interesting that's very interesting phrasing so to so to speak (laughs) yeah i mean it's not impossible right like someone could totally raise hell and bring like an entire team's postseason hopes to the ground and uh yeah and really the whole league yeah i'm less worried about the bubble because it seems like they've got that going pretty well and uh very soon well actually i guess very soon we're gonna have we're gonna have the next big test as these guys get eliminated what is it i think august 22nd in and around that the the families are allowed to start joining the bubble once other teams are eliminated so that's going to be interesting yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. I'm fascinated to see how this ends up going down. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, as we've said the whole time, not surprising at all that the NBA of all the leagues is doing this the most right. Like, there's no perfect way to do it. There was no template, uh, you know, to to follow. And they've done a great job of sketching one out. And I think that, you know, like – my immediate reaction to college football to the Big Ten's news today was that I expect that they could potentially get college basketball in if they handle it the way that they handle like AAU tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you I mean, how do you do that with and still and still call these guys students? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I I think that that I don't know that that to me is gone by the boards. Yeah. Um. I, I you know like that. I, Kirk Hershey went on TV today on national TV and said, you know, I expect the Power Five conferences to break away from college football from NCAA and create their own, you know, entity. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, him saying that, like, it it probably just sort of breezed by. But like to me, that was that was a major sign that you know that I, like you know with the likeness stuff we talked about last week that for them to get paid for that, the athletes, college athletes. I mean, I think we're we're already trending, obviously, in that direction if we're not already there. Man, talk about creating a haves and have-nots if that were to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Every single Power 5 school would get the pick of any recruit they want over any non-Power 5 school. Oh, no doubt. I mean, yeah. Like, it seemed like there was this little groundswell of support for players, especially in college basketball, going to HBCUs and... um you know, I, I think that that would be the end of that chapter. Yeah, well, Mature Maker is the only guy who actually actually uh, lived up to what they were saying. It's easy for a guy like Mikey Williams to say it when he's a sophomore in high school. It's mm-hmm. a, It'll be a... And, and the fact that if he continues to progress like this, by the time he's a senior, there will almost certainly be the ability to to enter the NBA draft as a uh, as a high school senior. Yeah, so he's he's never going to have to actually make that decision. We have to get a break in, but the last thing I want to hit on this topic... Do you think it's hypocritical for these schools to say, we're not playing college football, but hey, it's safe enough for you to be in a classroom here? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they, I, I think that's an interesting question. Like, I, I, I haven't thought about that. Like, but I, I don't think that they're, they're not opening up classrooms, are they? A lot so, of, a lot of these schools have, are going to have in-person uh, education in the fall in just a couple of weeks. Well then, yeah. I mean, I, it's not like, in classrooms you're slamming your head into another person's head though you no know, but like you are in school with a crazy amount of other students in close proximity yeah i look i clearly understand why you're asking the question i but i think that it's, <laughs> no Anshu, I, let me explain what i mean <laughs> i don't know that it's like hypocritical necessarily but i think that it's a dangerous precedent to do one and not the other and i i mean look end of the day they don't nobody wants to end like to not play the season like mm. the, kevin warren does not want to cancel the big 10 season or postpone it quote unquote which is by the way we've gone this whole time and not even acknowledge the fact that they said they might play in the spring like that's a joke mm. um but you know it's it's like they're just doing it for liability purposes for liability purposes i think that they feel they can control what they can control in the classroom much better and not get in trouble for it. I know that uh, what we say here makes no difference in in the world in general, but I'm just going to reiterate this one more time, that it is utterly insane to have kids in classrooms this year. You know, we saw what happened in Arizona with that teacher dying uh, just from being in a classroom with two other teachers in the summer. This is going to happen. This is going to happen a lot. And human life is worth more than you know, the inconvenience of one more semester of virtual learning. Well, that's the thing. Are they really losing anything from like an educational perspective by the, doing this? I keep, you know, I, are we talking about the virtual learning? Yeah. yeah I, I keep hearing it's a structure issue and there's socialization issues as well with some of the younger kids. Mm-hmm. But that, yeah. but who cares? Cause they're, you know what? At the end of the day, they're going to be alive to try and correct that problem. I got to think it, it's tied to dollars somehow, yeah. you know? 
like they can charge more, they can get them in their buildings. They've got these empty dorms that are, you know, normally cash generators for them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess, but at the same time, you like you don't have to have faculty. You don't have to have faculty actually in the building. You don't have to have the janitorial services in the building. You're not you're not paying anything if the building is empty. So, mm-hmm. and who knows yeah. how, what does it cost to maintain a college football stadium on a daily basis? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Yeah, I. I mean, if you listen to like the '80s, they said that they would be losing money by playing football in an empty stadium. I cannot imagine that that's the case. But I don't know. All right, well, let's get a break in. We'll be right back. There's no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners at BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making its way back. MLB and now NBA join UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and soccer. BetOnline has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline also has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Visit betonline.ag and don't forget that promo code podcast1. That's P O D C A S T O N E for your sign up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Anshu, we're back and I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in Major League Baseball. Uh not I don't feel like talking about basketball today. Today seems like it's a rest day for basketball. Uh, the, 70, okay. the 76ers uh, are, will be without uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons already. They're resting Al Horford, Tobias Harris, and Josh Richardson. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, will be – God, they will be without Dante DiVincenzo, Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, and somebody I'm forgetting. And Giannis is questionable with a toothache. So <laughs> – it's it's a rest day here in the NBA. We're just going to – it's backup day, and uh, that's fine. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Major League Baseball is uh, very different on the other hand. We alluded to this Cardinals thing a little bit earlier. Uh, since we last spoke, the Cardinals had an additional player test positive in outfielder Lane Thomas. Because of the mass outbreak, the Cardinals are just 2-3 and three so far on the season. Like, what do you do with this? I hate I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be a shit show at the end of the season because there's no way they're going to be able to play their full allotment of games. Right. There's just not. I mean, the president even said that. Uh, the president of Cardinals, not Trump. Um, and <laughs> I, and I, I just like they, like you said, they played five games. The Reds have played 16. Mm-hmm. So like you know, there's there's just it's not feasible for them to get all their games in. And at the end of the game, end of the day, they're going to end up having played like legitimately potentially eight fewer games. And mm. if they make the playoffs over somebody else, like it's rightfully patient. It's just not fair. You know, no. like if I'm the Reds and I'm, you know, they're, let's say I, the Reds end up 500 and the, you know, the Cardinals are at, I don't know, like three games over 500, but having played 17 or 14 or 10 less games, even like five less games, I'm going to be challenging that for sure. Because again, it's, I don't want to say it's the Cardinals' fault, but no, like it is. With the with the NFL, yeah, I mean, like, right? Like they they should be penalized in some way. I think it's only fair that unless they are clear of every other team that's in the running, um, you know, you know, they have to play the games, or they should have to forfeit the games that they don't play. Yeah, well, and, exactly uh, right. Ex- count every single one of those games that they don't play up to the sixty game limit as a loss. But. What happens to the teams they were supposed to play during that time? That team, gets, that team gets a win. I mean, 
like they haven't done anything to earn that win. But I guess, yeah, like that's what we're saying with the NFL too. Like, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, cause what if that costs a team? Okay. That I, they... I, I see where you're at here and I'll, I'm with you on this. I can, I can understand not giving them wins, but it, but then you're penalizing that team. So that, that creates an issue as well. Cause that, that team didn't have the opportunity to play those games to get the wins that they may have needed to get into the play. Right. Right. I mean, it's, at the end of the day, like they, they needed to make this clear before the season because this could happen, right? Or like right when it happened, they should have said, okay, Manfred, who is, uh, again, the, I can't emphasize this enough, the worst commissioner <laughs> in the history of professional sports. Like, could he not have come out and been like, all right, like, here's the deal. We're going to do it by win percentage. We know, we acknowledge that COVID's going to happen. Those games are ties, zeros, you know. There's zeros on both sides. It just happens to mm. happen that way. Make the most of the games you're playing. Like, obviously, there, and then I would have set probably a minimum number of games. Exactly. Just because logistically, you that's, know, you've got to play at least 40 or else. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. You, you, you know, it's an exhibition season essentially for you. And mm. I think that that's just the way it has to be. And it, it's not unlike teams that forfeit their postseason rights, like in college football or college basketball who still play out their string and still are still giving other teams losses and earning wins on their own, but can't win a national title or can't make the NCAA tournament. And I think that you could do it that way in baseball. And I think they should do it that way, frankly, in baseball. Well, the big problem that baseball has, and I guess, I guess football has as well is we've proven time and time again, idiots are going to be idiots. And that was the case this week as uh, the Indians have now had to place Mike Clevenger and Zach Plezak on the reserve uh, reserve list for violating health and safety protocols for going out and celebrating last weekend in Chicago. Clevenger scratched from Tuesday's scheduled start and is going to be quarantined for 72 hours while being tested for uh, coronavirus. Plezak just uh, is likely to miss his next start as well. So this is like just come on, guys. It's 60 games. Come on, like I Jesus I, Christ. The other thing is, like, I, I obviously they're idiots, and they, you're a professional baseball player. Just lock it down. Think of the precedent they're setting. Not that anyone's really looking at them for guidance. Yeah. But you know, it's it's just. Baseball could have avoided this easily yeah. with a bubble or a series of bubbles per the two divisions that they have. You know, they could have set six bubbles. They've done it in spring training. They literally play in a freaking bubble every March and April. Yeah. Like, it's so incredibly stupid that they've, they've handled it this way. And so, like, when stuff like this happens, it's hard for me to, like, really blame. And I've got friends that are Indians fans, obviously. Our buddy Dan Bauer is. And, like, the you know, obviously they're pissed at guys like Clevenger and Plesak. But, you know, like... Can you really blame them for living their lives when there are no restrictions? And I think that it goes to a larger point about this country in general, too. Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously bigger issues at play here. But, yeah, I can blame them for just this is your job. Your job is to yeah. keep yourself in the best shape possible and keep yourself healthy. And this year, you only have to do it for three months. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just calm down, earn your money, and then go be stupid as soon as the season ends. Do <laughs> do whatever the hell you want, but it's please you know, don't actually. But yeah, you know, you know, but but they're going to, and that's the point. So right, right. And right. on the uh, idiots are going to idiot front, we've also got idiots in Oakland and Houston. 
Uh, Ramon Laureano gets a six-game suspension for his part in Sunday's benches-clearing incident with the A's. Uh, he was hit twice in the game, and afterwards Laureano exchanged words with Astros hitting coach Alex Cintron before making a charge at the team's dugout. Because that's what you do in our coronavirus times. By the way, Cintron got 20 games uh, in terms of his suspension. Yeah. Well, it's easier to suspend a bench coach without <laughs> anyone making a big deal out of it. Um, you know, the A's are, I believe, the best team in baseball as far as records go. Uh, you know, they, they were, they're going to hurt a little bit for not having one of their, their better hitters in Laureano. And so, or not better, but, you know, a guy mm-hmm. that rotates in for them. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's hard for me to balance this because obviously the guy's an idiot for charging masks. If you look at the, their clips of that, obviously, no one's got masks. Everyone's hanging out in the crowd, basically, like, pushing and shoving and being well within arm's length of each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's obviously not what you want. But at the same time, the actors are cheating bastards. So it's like, True. <laughs> it's it's hard for me to feel super bad for them. And that's why Cintron, and who allegedly Cintron basically prompted the whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not an ideal situation, obviously, in any case. But as you said, idiots going to idiot. Yeah, I I do I do feel a very rational I believe hatred towards the Astros. I caught them playing last night against uh, I guess it was the Giants. I did too. Huh? And uh, it, it just it just happened to be on because for whatever reason anytime we change the channel baseball's on. And uh and the only game in town. Well, it seems like any anytime like we're done watching a show we and we turn something off, baseball's on. But I and I caught myself like Carlos Correa was at bat. And uh, he like got a he got a little single into right field, and I just I just caught myself saying "fuck you, cheating bastard" and turned the channel. <laughs> like yeah, I don't, I I don't mean, even I'm like sure baseball that it. much. I'm sure you watched the Joe Kelly thing that I watched yeah. that inning live, and it was just like perfection. It was just so great to watch that as it was all you know just unwinding, and I I mean I loved it, and so yeah, I mean I. I have very little sympathy for the Astros in any way. Well, the other thing we should talk about is baseball might be getting their bubble after all. They're talking about a bubble-type layout for the postseason in the World Series. I wonder, though, is is it too late to uh, actually instill this? I, so, <laughs> I would say yes, but, like... The Blue Jays decided to change their home team in the middle of like they didn't decide on opening day eve. Yeah, they did. They did not decide. They were not allowed in their country. No, right. But they didn't know. Like they didn't make that call until just out of the clear blue sky. They're like, all right, you know, you guys can't play in our country, and they basically <laughs> just had to randomly move out to Buffalo. I, like baseball is doing things off the you know by the seat of their pants anyway, so. I feel like, you know, a bubble could easily come together quickly for them. And especially because we have a precedent with the NBA that they can use. And so, and the NHL. And so, like, you know, I, again, I just, it's it, better late than never, I will say, for the worst commissioner in the history of professional sports. But I would say that, you know, if they can, if they can do it, they should try. Finally, tying everything up we've been talking about. Do you think there's any feasibility for a bubble for five or six or seven, a seven-game college football season? You know, individual bubbles for the Pac-10, the SEC, the Pac-12 for the SEC, for the ACC, et cetera. For football or basketball? Football. Mm. A lot of people I know, but they're going to find any way possible to play games. 
if they can, hey, listen, the Pac-12 already given up on it, but I, well, I, they I, they've postponed it, so they have plenty of time to get the logistics down for spring. You're saying, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. I, by that time, hopefully, vaccine. I I don't know, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. Why not? They could easily. Again, like if a bunch of smart people put their heads together, I have little doubt they could figure it out. That's what blows my mind about this is like they waited and waited and waited. And it's it's like it's the same thing in corporations, too. Right. There's like so much buck passing that Mm -hmm. no one takes the reins and just tries to get it done. And part of the problem is that college football doesn't have, again, a centralized sort of leadership panel or source because these commissioners are so beholden to their presidents and they don't really have any real power for the conference. And it's, it's just a disaster. And so, but like, I I have little doubt they could, they could put that together. I think if you and I spent all of our time from now until next spring trying to figure it out, we could definitely do it, but we don't have that. And uh, you know, we, it just is what it is, but I guarantee they could figure a way to pull that off. Ancho, I think we can knock this out in three weeks. Wow. All right. Well, I, I mean, I think for college basketball, this is a, a great chance for them to take a cue from how poorly college football did it mm-hmm. and um, and try to make it happen for them with the AAU type of bubble situation for conference. But you're absolutely right. Instead of these smart leaders, we have guys like Bob Bowlesby, Greg Sankey, and at the top, Mark Emmerich. So good luck, college Dude. football, and good luck to all of you college football fans out there. That's been this week's episode of The Underdog. <laughs> For Anshu Khanna, I'm Chris Hordell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.